In diversity, there is beauty and there is strength. Be the best version of yourself because somebody else is already taken. Only the fearless can be great. Failure is a choice. Don't be afraid to go that extra mile because when you do, you realise there aren't that many people out there. Welcome to She Has a Goal in Mind, brought to you each week by Darcy Morris and Gabriella Dukes. This week, we chatted to presenter and radio DJ Polly James. We found out how she got into being on the radio, what it was like to interview Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, Pillar for Darts, and how important it is to create opportunities for yourself in the industry. We hope you enjoy listening and don't forget to like, subscribe and follow us on social media at A Goal in Mind Podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time out of your busy schedule. We are both aspiring sport broadcasters. So we're really interested to find out a bit more about you and your career in the broadcasting industry, because I know you do a bit of sport work as well, don't you? As well as everything else. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> You're such a successful broadcaster, radio DJ, host. You've, you've done a bit of everything over, over the years, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So let's take it back to when you were younger. Had radio always been something that you wanted to work in? And how did that journey start for you? Gosh, um, I mean, getting into the industry, I'll, I'll say no, it, it definitely wasn't. You know, when I was younger, I can't really remember what I wanted to do. But I remember, I'll take you back to when I was maybe like 19 or 20 years old. I was working as uh, as a promo girl. so And I had no idea about the radio. I was just a person sort of who listened to the radio, just just like other people, just, you know, just like our friends and stuff as, as a fan, as a punter. And then... Um, when I was working as, as a as a promo person, you know, just giving out little deodorants on the street, that type of thing, and giving away flyers for different companies, that sort of thing. Um, I went to London and I was doing that. So I was, I really enjoyed sort of doing the promo work because it was, um, you know, I could manage my own time. I was doing what I wanted to do. I was working, doing something different every day. And it, it kind of being not a host, but, you know, sometimes they needed like a bit of a presenter to sort of, um, present what the new brand was to like people that kind of thing so I, I I can understand why I liked it now in hindsight obviously but no how radio came about was when uh, my mum sent me a paper curtain for a roadrunner job which was at my local radio station and it just kind of went from there it was like you know a two regular days a week of promo work working for the radio station um, and I thought yeah I can make this work I can scream about how good uh, this radio station is let's let's go for it and, and from there I just kind of fell in love it was the thing in my life that I guess I was kind of like looking for perhaps I was a little bit scatty beforehand you know but radio made sense to me and I, I clicked with it and I I made a beeline of where I wanted to be and go I got on well because I think I had no sort of preconceived ideas I picked up no bad habits I guess 1920 I was a little bit older than the average to get involved <laughs> with radio or broadcast you know um so you know I got stuck in straight away I was there ready to learn and master a craft and you know get my hands dirty that type of thing I um I was like a bull in a china shop you could say I'd found my calling and I was like you know I've been in love ever since it's been one of my you know longest relationships my most rewarding relationships um I then started working you know you sort of you you step inside the radio studio and you're kind of like oh this you know it's like an epiphany moment this is great and then you learn try and learn everything about it and I start I realized then you know to sort of um earn your stripes type of thing and learn the craft I you had to go to you know I couldn't just go straight on to Red Dragon <laughs> even though I wanted to but I um Red Dragon being capital now by the way but I um I, I yeah. started off on a community station, as I say, to in my stripes for a few months. And then I started working for Town and Country Broadcasting, as it was back then, which was sort of Bridge FM, Swansea Bay Radio. Um, yeah, and then following that, I just had, I worked as a bit of a freelance then and just started doing freelancing shifts up and down the country, started working for Nation Radio, Heartbeat FM, the Hits Radio, Heat Radio, and uh, used that sort of year as me being a freelance as if I was like in university, you know, I did unpaid work, I travelled the country, didn't get expenses, slept in my car, that sort of thing, stayed in hostels, and um, it was bizarre until I uh, eventually ended up on Absolute Radio doing overnights a year later, so it kind of went from there, Absolute to Capital to Radio X, so yeah. 
<laughs> amazing that's the short yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're very much a, a proud Welsh woman aren't you so it must have been such a, a great feeling basically be in the face of Capital Radio for so many years and then obviously you've moved to, back to London now and you're working on uh, Radio X do you think you kind of like grew out of it did you know when you needed to make a change in your job so like I said I was on absolute first that was kind of like my first one because I I knew I loved sort of um, alternative rock music indie music that sort of thing and I was most comfortable I suppose uh, talking about that type of music it was the type of music that I loved listening to when I could be naturally passionate about it sort of thing um you know to be fair I loved all all types of music but um for me if I was going to be on a music station and be a music job it would have to be that type of music if that makes sense so started off on absolute which was right up my street even though I was very young and I was just sort of like a deer in the headlights kind of thing rabbit in the headlights sort of thing but um yeah so I started off on absolute and then and that was in London see so I, I moved back up to London after the promo days went back up to London was living there and I was doing overnights and even though it was a fantastic station and I hated that I had to leave but I that there was no progression at that point for me it was like stay on overnights maybe in the you know five years time and and I love doing it but then obviously this new opportunity uh, presented itself which was to be a co-host on Capital um, which was obviously where I started Red Dragon and it was um, you know to, to broadcast to my hometown I've never I'd never done breakfast radio and I think it's one thing that you have to do in the industry you have to try breakfast radio because it's just so crazy but it's totally different to, to what I was doing on absolute totally different but um, yeah when sorry back to your original question um, I did that for seven years on Capital um but it it wasn't doing the breakfast show on capital wasn't my main love of radio my main love of radio was doing the the you know the sort of the, the music presenting the the music dj and if you like um in terms of did i know that you know like when it was going to be like over and stuff even though there was sort of regulations coming in um and the structure of radio was sort of changing and everything was like being networked for me it was more of a I always, I always knew my next step was going to be sort of either go into Radio X or maybe back to Absolute, whatever. But I'd always made a beeline for Radio X. That was like my dream job, you know. I was like, so when things did start to move, or when I did think, mm, yeah, maybe this after this next contract, I'm gonna want to start to move. Matt, my co-host, was already um, moving into a managerial role. He now looks after he looks after the whole station on capital. So he really wanted to do the program inside of things. And obviously I wanted to go back to, to my roots in radio, so to speak, you know? So I then went back to where, yeah, as I say, went back to my roots, started on Radio X and it was sort of that nice transition capital and Radio X as part of the same radio group. So when, once the whole deregulation network thing, um, came about, it was, uh, thankfully a smooth transition for me so yeah and also as well I think you know I was I was 32 when I moved or 33 and um yeah some of the things it, I had to start really not faking it at all but it was like some of the things I used to think like oh I'm too old for this now <laughs> you know there's someone else, there's someone else out there who you know deserves the opportunity and who who will love it so much more than I do, even though I loved it, obviously, I had some of my best days on Capital. But yeah, I thought it's time to pass the baton on now. Yeah. <laughs> As you mentioned, you're, mm. you're now in what is your dream job. So what does a day mm. in that job look like for you on a radio day? So on a radio day, so for example, at the moment, it's a little bit weird at the moment because I'm coming slowly back off maternity leave. So I will go back to before I was on um, maternity leave. So I was doing, say, like a Saturday evening. Um, I would, and um, even though I was in London, so yeah, I'd travel into the radio studio, I would get my music log um, and it'd be obviously a three hour music log of different music. Generally, because I'm a little bit, um, of a perfectionist and I'd like to sort of look at everything before I go on air just to make sure there's there's nothing that can go wrong or if there was something wrong or a mistake whatever I could figure it out before I go on air um, so yeah I would look at all the music and I would just um, I always prep my shows I always sort of um, 
write down, I suppose, you know, little bullet points about each song, not every song coming out of every song, but, you know, I'd always sort of write out if there was a new song, any little buzz things about the new song, I'd write that down. So I'd remember to sort of, you know, say it during a link. Um, and also, you know, my job, I suppose, on Radio X is even to, you know, hype up the music, obviously, be passionate about the, the new songs, the old songs, the classics, that type of thing, but also as well to cross promote the, the big shows that we've got on Radio X. So, you know, if I was doing a show on, you know, Saturday night, obviously on the Sunday morning, we've got some really good shows like Ed Gamble, you know, big up Chris Moyles, big up um, Johnny Vaughan, that type of thing. So a lot of cross promoting, a lot of promoting different um you know, competitions that might be going on, you know, that type of thing. So, and I, you know, that's real, that's real basic radio stuff, but I love doing stuff like that. I love sort of having a new song in my sights and thinking, right, how am I really going to like sell this song? How am I really going to make it so passionate that everyone, even if they're not into this type of genre, that everyone's going to like love it or give it a chance and listen to at least a little bit of it. And how am I going to really sell, you know, I love the art of selling something. I love the art of teasing and keeping a listener hooked, you know? So that's that's basic radio that is but I I personally love doing that I love being a jock I love talking up to the vocal I love the buzz you feel when you like hit the vocal so yeah super radio geeky but that that's just that's where I am you know that's that's what I do <laughs> you get into obviously you get you know you you finish the prep and you sort of you, you know exactly where you are you know yeah. you it's, it's pretty simple you know you, you know where your links are gonna go and that happens every single show um you know you sort of check out what the sense of day is as well um you know, it might be just thinking in my head then it might be like the, the London Marathon or something or you know it might be um a bank holiday or like mm-hmm. Easter and you you know you sort of tailor your your mood or how how you're talking or you know what you ask the audience you know around the sense of day type of thing so yeah there's a lot of things that you know you've got to sort of prep but you you know it's just a, a natural thing you just sort of as if like you're just talking to your mates really yeah. that with the art of just yeah. kind of keeping them, them hooked if you like but um yeah and then you go on air and it's just for me then I like to sort of have everything sorted before the show so on air it's just pretty chill pretty relaxed you know I'm just sort of uh, you know a punter enjoying the music along with the listeners then as well you know brilliant so aside from radio mm-hmm. you also have a love for sport and you've done work on football darts boxing rugby and you've interviewed big names in boxing uh, the likes of Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury so what was it like to interview them and did it give you an insight into how they are or who they are yeah oh my god so um I know it's really weird when I look back and think I've interviewed some like really crazy people in the sporting world but (laughs) that came from sort of being capital as well because when you're sort of like the face of a station or face of a a region and you are you know people sometimes want like a female presenter there's not very many of us you know so you just kind of yeah you just you just get stuck in and you know obviously I am you know I follow a bit of boxing I follow the darts obviously quite a lot and the rugby but yeah to have interviewed like those guys is just awesome and um yeah the contrast with Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury massively so I interviewed I've interviewed Tyson a couple of times Hmm. The first time I interviewed Tyson Fury was, um, and these these are sort of Q and A's. They're sort of like you know, um, you would go. It was in a sports hall in the Ronda Valley. <laughs> Where was it? Yeah, it's just like it's like an electrocenter. Um, but it was run by a really good friend of mine called Brendan, and you know he he loves putting on these like big nights with these these fighters and things, and um, and I love it. Obviously, I. I feel like as a host, I can, you know, get into the nitty gritty and, you know, ask them whatever. They don't really care. They just sort of answer whatever. But no, with Tyson, it was at a, um, it was a leisure center in Ronda. So it was very just comfortable anyway. You know, it wasn't, you know, a stuck up event or anything. You know, everyone was like super chill and everyone was going to have a good time and things. And Tyson came with his dad in a car on his own he pulled up outside he he jumped in and we went upstairs to like a little area me Brendan you know the and a couple of the other sort of event organizers and we just chilled yeah Tyson was open he just was chatting this was 2017 when I interviewed Tyson so he was at the time when he was oh I think the board was sort of assessing his um his license Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and he was really overweight he was in a really bad 
um time of his life you know I think in hindsight looking back now it was when he was going through a really bad depressing stage you know he didn't know whether he was going to fight again just like retiring every like couple of weeks and anyway but you know um he was really down to earth he was still a really lovely guy I've always thought this about Tyson you know he's really really friendly yeah he He'll answer, he'll answer anything he loves his fans you know he's not he's not perfect there's obviously loads of skeletons in his closet actually not in his closet he's quite openly willingly yeah will say you know like the bad stuff that he's done and whatever yeah. but you know what I like about him is you know, he's just a regular guy and like he you know what he says and what he does resonates with so many people you know like I've always said with Tyson he's like he's a dad he's a husband he's a mental health activist um, he and I think even he would put boxing further down the line, you know, to what he is. But um, he's a comedian. You know, he's he's just a, he's just a nice he's just a nice guy that you can talk to. You know, you don't feel like any sort of like pressure like yeah. with him or whatever. Seems genuine in, in interviews, doesn't he? Oh, so so genuine, and he gives you a really open and honest insight into what it is like as as a as a boxer. And you know, um, he was telling me. Obviously, you know, he was sort of like giving it the big earn and giving it the fighting chat about, you know, he wants to fight AJ and things like that. You know, he's great for a bloody headline as Tyson, <laughs> obviously. But um, yeah, you know, like people are filming it and then it would like just go like wildfire, you know, because people at that point, no one knew like if he was going to be fighting again. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to, going to all these pumped up athletes, you know, full, full up with roids and all this, you know, he was like, I'm going to have Everyone was like talking about AJ, didn't he? But no, it was, um, I, I remember a story actually, and this is the contrast then to when I met AJ, which I'll tell you about now, but he, he said, you know, how he's been discriminated against, I suppose, within boxing, you know, because, because of maybe some of the stuff he said, because maybe he's, he is, um, a traveler, you know, he's the gypsy king. Yeah. But, um, he, um, he said when he won the world title, when he beat, uh, Klitschko he said obviously you know he got his purse money but he said the only thing that he got out of that was one free t-shirt and I remember him telling me this he got one free t-shirt so I was thinking you know like I was thinking oh my god that's, that's crazy because oh, you know you'd think you know heavyweight heavyweight champion in the world you know you'd get the sponsorship deals you'd get you just get everything wouldn't yeah. you you know you'd be treated like king mm. you know we beat Klitschko on his home soil like yeah. you know, it was, it was a massive yeah. Um, yeah, and he goes, all I got, Paul, was one T-shirt. I remember him saying that to me, like, so vividly. And he goes, and look at Anthony Joshua. Like, look what he's yeah. got. You know, he's, like, m- mon- uh, multi-millionaire. He's, like, you know, one of the richest um, athletes of that year. He had, you know, the Lucas A deals. He had, like, the Under yeah. Armour deals. Like, he had all of this. And, like, I was just thinking, oh, my God, that is insane. And all... Tyson had was one free t-shirt you know at that time when he did beat I think obviously now it's like so much so much different you know obviously uh, people can't get enough of Tyson now but I just remember remember that sort of resonated with me a lot because then when um I interviewed um Anthony Joshua it was like a stark difference so for example we would uh we interviewed him in Cardiff it was at the um uh, the ice arena and it was under the same guy it was Brendan as well who brought him in and he said you know I wasn't allowed to speak to AJ beforehand he was in his own little box with his entourage and I mean his entourage now was like 20 people wow um <laughs> he had, yeah no for real it was like 20 people um, you know, for, just from everyone, like his his assistants, his mates, I don't know, his masseuse. And then you'd have like someone who, if you would want, if you wanted a signed glove by Anthony Joshua, it would cost you like 200 quid. So if someone came up to him with a glove and say, oh, like, can you sign it? Obviously that's a valuable piece of merchandise. So he'd have a guy like with him constantly. Like, I don't know, like whether I'm exaggerating this. No, I'm, I'm not. Like there was a guy who would be like, <laughs> yeah, like, ready to be like sorry he can't sign it because of like how valuable it was so oh my gosh um yeah I mean, have, like so many people and the thing is it's like AJ is a brand isn't it so you know when you think of it like that you think well fair enough do you know what I mean he's yeah. like worked really hard to get to that point but 
you know, it's like a business he's running. Do you know what I mean? It's like a huge, like worldwide brand, you know, he's heavyweight champion of the world. And, you know, and I guess, I guess this, that's just the carnage and the craziness of it all. Mm. But, you know, he would, um, he'd hired out an entire hotel for him, him and his entourage. And you just think like, even though that's kind of acceptable because not everything that did happen that night was acceptable because he is AJ. He is like the, the, you know, the most recognizable sports person in the entire world. Mm. Um, it's just Tyson didn't have any of that. So it was like such a stark contrast, you know, but um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's mad to think that I, you know, when, at a very poignant time I both I interviewed them at both poignant times in their career significant times in their career AJ I remember back then so when was that maybe 2018 at the very beginning so three years on now back then he was calling out Tyson and Tyson was calling out him and only now I think gosh it's like the news like they're gonna yeah. be fighting somewhere maybe yeah on on on, uh, on British soil but yeah in yeah, mad times, mad times. But yeah, really great to interview those guys. And, you know, for me, I think as a presenter, it was great for me because there was no hold bars. There was no hold bars. I just literally asked them whatever. And it was easy to interview them because they were they were in such the public eye at, at the time, still are. But there was so much like news circulating what was happening with them. So I could just, yeah, you know, pick something out of the news, the headlines and just be like, what's your take on that like what are your thoughts yeah. on that you know <laughs> and then I interviewed Tyson again after I no, it was in between his fights so I interviewed Tyson after he miraculously got up you know yeah he got knocked in the 11th and he miraculously got up or the 12th whatever but yeah um and I interviewed him after that and he was a bit of a hero and then everyone was like absolutely loving him but still the same Tyson he still came you know with his dad and he'd still have time to talk to everyone and and chat and things like that so yeah l- absolutely one of my favorites to interview is Tyson Fury hands down yeah he's brilliant isn't he and he, he just seems so down to earth and like no matter what happens mm-hmm. in his career nothing phases him which is so lovely to to see isn't it it's like it really is like people just hang off his every word and people just love his like infectious attitude towards life and you know you you can't help but feel motivated and encouraged when you've sat in a room with him for a couple of hours you know so Mm. and that's that's why I and it's a a privilege for me to to sit there and ask the questions you almost don't feel honorable to do it you're just like oh god I hope I do do this opportunity justice you know I just have to ask What's your prediction yeah. for the Joshua Fury fight when when it does happen? <laughs> Fury, yeah, because it's like physically he's a monster. You can imagine, you know, he doesn't look in the best of Nick, but he's proved that you don't have to be in the best of Nick. But he's got the he's got the he's got the the spite of a dog in him. You know, mm-hmm. he's hardwired. He's been brought up. It's in his blood to be a fighter. And as you saw with the Deontay thing, like nothing can hold him down. Um, listen to anything that John Fury says. If John Fury is going for Tyson, it's going to be Tyson. He obviously <laughs> will go for Tyson. It's going to be Tyson. I, I, and I hope it's on British soil. I think it's going to be one huge British boxing blockbuster. It's got to be on British soil. I just hope it is. And yeah, um, hopefully. It's going, it's, it's going to be amazing. It's the, it's the one show, uh, the one fight that we've all been looking forward to for for donkey's years now. So. <laughs> yeah. um, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome it's gonna it's gonna bring out the best in both of them and they're both gonna test each other but yeah I just fury all the time for me honestly (laughs) it's definitely exciting isn't it against AJ because I think AJ is absolutely phenomenal but then Tyson's just another breed for Mm. me you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) out of all of the sports that you have worked on what has been your favorite would you say I would say darts, definitely. And only because darts for me was a, it was something that I really enjoyed just as someone who wasn't a presenter, who who isn't a host. We loved it as fans. And it was really, it was interesting for me because it was only a couple of years ago that I thought there's an opportunity where I could possibly, I love making opportunities for myself within sport and you can always do that, you know. And I thought, oh, there was one sort of coming up and, a guy from a betting company who, uh, Unibet actually, who I still work for every now and again, but obviously with COVID, it's just been a bit of a nightmare. And 
and whatnot. But um, when I started working for them, the a guy called Jack, he messaged me, who was part of the events team, the sponsorship team. And he said, oh, why don't you come and interview the players? Because I was very sort of, that's the only thing I would ever like talk about, like on my Twitter was the darts. <laughs> and I was very sort of, that got me into hot water since. But, you know, I'd be sort of just very vocal about it and just sort of, yeah, you know, what nothing you know because you know when you're on radio and stuff you've got to be careful like what you say and things you know opinions are not my you know the opinions are mine not of my um of my employers that type of thing but no with darts it was something that I could it was like an outlet for me it was like something that I could just be myself with and say what I thought you know but yeah so that was it was hard for me to think well am I gonna it was a pretty big decision whether I sort of um maybe transition from fan to start working for the darts you know mm. um I didn't want to lose sight of what it was like to be a darts fan because obviously I loved it and I love and I enjoyed it but actually this opportunity was fine it was just sort of interviewing the players after and just doing what I did I guess with the the Q&A's just trying to get just you know trying to 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 pick out bits that would be entertaining and what the fans would want to hear after a match you know and that's what I started doing with the darts and just just talking to the players really and just find you know selfishly finding out what I I want to know about them which um which other fans as, as well want to know so yeah yeah so definitely what, what, what's your <laughs> favorite viewing moment in darts so far oh favorite viewing moment in darts well obviously Gezi he won the world title didn't he? but hilariously and this always happens because um, since I've been on maternity, I'm sort of going back gradually to um, to Radio X. And at the moment, I've been doing uh, covering the Sunday Night Chill show, which is great. And I love it. And it's been lovely to sort of dip my foot back in after having a baby. But so I put my money on Gazzy to win, for, you know, since, uh, well, <laughs> for the last couple of years, really. But um yeah, so he was getting better and better during the tournament. He got past the first round and it's always a bit of a shaky time for Gezi. And, you know, he was getting better and better. And pe- and I was thinking, do you know what? He's going to get to the final here and I'm going to be on air. Yeah. <laughs> and he got to the final and everyone's like, oh, you must be so excited. You know, like everyone knows that I'm like such a big Gezi fan. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, this is this, but I'm going to be on air for it. And obviously I'm on air. I'm focusing on the show and I'm just like, I can see everything on Twitter going down. I'm thinking I'm just missing like Gezi winning his first world title. But, you know, I would say that would have been, when I watched it back, obviously it was awesome. And there was just something so different about it because it was during lockdown. Gezi is such a different player that we've ever seen within darts. Do you know what I mean? There was just something very special about it. But I would say that that wasn't live, but I've been to... um you know maybe last year before I went on maternity I was at it was I was like eight months pregnant I was in Aberdeen and it was the uh the opening night of the Premier League um that was an that was awesome to watch um and just you know just being with my friends and watching it again as a punter just being with my boyfriend watching it and you know I'm like a I'm a fan of sport. I'm a big believer in like never lose sight of what it's like to be a fan because then it doesn't become yeah, enjoyable yeah. and you can't speak on behalf of a group of fans who don't know what it's like then you know so you know I like to sit with with all with everyone all the the tables <laughs> the the board tables or you know I sit in the stands and I like to do that you know so when I'm not working you like to as I say know what it's like to to be a fan so yeah yeah I think that's definitely important isn't it and um, I suppose like working when you're a fan of a sport and you're working in it it's, it's just even better because like like you said you get to ask the questions that you know the fans want to know yeah yeah totally yeah there is an element of that and just trying to sort of try and find a balance to what you want to find out and to what the whole um the 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 fans want to find out but you know generally it's the same and generally you know there's not usually an agenda of what I want to ask them but you know like like Gazi's like bringing darts into a whole new different light he's bringing it you know we've got and, and actually not Gezi I'd say maybe like Sky Sports and the PGC are bringing like darts into a whole new like generation where it's like so exciting you know making characters out of the players like making them household names and mm. you know it's really exciting to watch now you know um 
you know, all the glitz and glam and the dances and stuff and you can really get on board and actually like be a sporting fan of it you know so um yeah I I love it so so seems as you're a, a music fan as well what's your favorite walkout in darts oh gosh well I mean <laughs> of course like all the darts um you know, like the darts walk up, walk on tunes. They're like super cheesy. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's, that's real talk here. They are super cheesy. But, um, uh, like Gezi's the Ice Man. Like obviously he would choose like Vanilla Ice, but it's super cheesy. And I know he did he did try to change it to Dakota um, Stereophonics. When did he do that? I asked him about it. So and when I I interviewed him maybe a couple of months ago so we did it before and I said what was the whole like stereophonics thing like and I think he might have like lost and then he never went back to the stereophonics Ah, um no my favorite to walk on to um Devin Devin Peterson has got a really good walk on it's the Shakira um the Shakira will cut tune that's a really good one I just like the vibe you know it's part (laughs) part of their theme part of their brand that's great because it's part of their like characters isn't yeah, it and you definitely. know you, yeah you're drawn to that character and you know obviously of course I love like vanilla ice 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 baby when he comes out to it because that's Gez and he's my favorite player yeah. you know, so. <laughs> I saw on your social media that a few years ago you actually cycled didn't you from um San Francisco to LA for Villinger Cancer Care. So how was that experience? That's such an incredible thing to do. Yeah, that was amazing. I absolutely loved, 2018 was like such a good year for me. I loved it. Um, but yeah, so um, I, there were, there's nothing that could have, I mean, a lot of people were training for it. It was 600 kilometers and lots of people were like, oh, you, you know, you have the whole day to cycle. I considered myself like relatively fit like maybe more fit than the average person but not super fit you know because I always trained and and things like that so I thought I'll be okay you know I did a little bit of training and just to mainly get my butt like conditioned because I'm going to be on the the bike for such a long time (laughs) um but nothing could have prepared me for how difficult it was and it's funny actually because I'll tell you how difficult it was I always go back to that bike ride and I think if I conquered that because I had to go to new levels of like 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 my mentality to like bring me through how difficult it was like I was like I had to go to new waves new lengths of like um just trying to get myself out of a bad place you know like I I get it when I guess like when Tyson you know, this is me doing this bike ride is nothing like Tyson's and Deontay Wilder's <laughs> fight. But when Tyson was like, you know, you have you have to go somewhere else in your mind yeah. to like help yeah. you win, help you do something. Yeah. Um, I had nothing left physically, like going up those hills. Like it was just physically and torture. I had to like dig deep for something like huge to pull me out of it. And I always think back to that, like when I was giving birth to my daughter, that was my go-to. And, and I always remember it was a, it was a hill and it was like at the end of day four, which was like the hardest day, it was like seven, seven days. And I was broken. And I just remember pulling something out of wherever, like a, another tank mm-hmm. in me, I didn't yeah. know I had, pulling it out like mentally, like it wasn't physical anymore. And I remember thinking back to that moment when I was, pushing Indy out I was ridiculous didn't it but I was like if I can do the bike ride I can push Indy out yeah. like I can get you know that's how like that's how difficult it was it was like childbirth um so but no you know it was also as well you know obviously you push through because you think about all the people who are suffering with yeah. cancer you know quite quite literally you're doing it for uh, to raise vital funds and you think I'm privileged and I am lucky to be able to cycle. I'm not lying in a bed. I'm not having chemotherapy. Um, I am, I am fit and healthy and yeah. I will do this to, to raise awareness, you know? So um, it was a brilliant week. I made loads of amazing friends, all the girls, we stuck together. It was great. All the boys were encouraging us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went, we went on and it was funny actually, because when I got to that day four and after that, I w- 
you know you just find another gear and I I was on my way then you know when it when it was great and I got stuck in for the first couple of days it was terrible but everyone was was super lovely really friendly encouraging and you know it wasn't meant to be like ridiculously hard like a big slog it was meant to be like you know pretty fun and and it was to be fair it was just it was good for me because obviously I went to a different place mentally yeah but um, yeah, we were doing it with uh, you know international rugby players. You know, these were fit guys who we were doing it with. You know, seasoned pros on the bike, and like, there's me never like ridden a bike before. Like, yeah, maybe like down, you know, down to the shop. You know, during summertime and stuff. It was, um, but it was a great experience, and I and I loved it. But yeah, never never underestimate a Valindra bike ride. It is tough, but <laughs> was, you know what I would. Be, it was so hard. I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was just a really satisfying, empowering thing to do. Yeah, it sounds it. And, and you've accomplished something. So. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of supporting people, yeah. do you think of the representation of women in sport? And do you think there needs to be more support around women who work in the industry? Um, yeah. And I think there's like different layers to that. Um, so I personally wouldn't say that I am a sports broadcaster. I would say I am a broadcaster who dabbles in a little bit of sport every now and again. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, bro- I, technically I don't broadcast any sport because um, I just do that as, as me on the side as a, as a hosting job, you know, and mm-hmm. um, my best friend is a, sports broadcaster and she works on sky sports and soccer saturday and five live and wherever else she's called um, michelle owen yeah and she i mean she's she's the definition of of um you know a sports broadcaster type thing and so you know i can't i can't really say too much in terms of like you know what sort of support they need but i know that i suppose there needs to be recently obviously like we've seen social media wise you know we saw like was it Sonia McLaughlin was it oh yeah Sonia yeah yeah yeah. fair baby written today (laughs) Sonia like she had an absolute you know um after that rugby match and I personally like the questions I would say that's my that's my line of questioning as well like Mm. you know you want to find I don't want to know how the game went I want to know like how are you feeling about him? And like, did you actually think that try? Like, you know, she would have got blasted if she hadn't have asked those questions, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, I, I agree. What she got, what she got, yeah, what she got as a woman was just unbelievably bad. And I, and I'll, I'll say it, like a man would not, a man would not get that abuse what Sonia had. Mm. And it's the same with other women. It's another girl called Nat. Can't remember her name now, but um, again, she gets like, a whole load of abuse whenever she goes on you know she's just tarnished with a brush now she might have said one thing wrong and now every time she goes on air it's mm. just like a herd of abuse michelle is actually you know michelle my my friend she's that she's she stays true to herself all the time she stands up for herself all the time still she gets abuse you know on um on twitter and you know social media and things um and i don't think a man would get it you know um there's a lot more opportunities now for women, thankfully, you know, there's a lot more, you know, I think, you know, obviously like what you girls are doing, like, th- like this podcast, for example, you know, it's just about, you know, creating opportunities and, and creating platforms to give more women a chance, you know, I think those, yeah, I think those opportunities are coming. Um, It's just, you know, sometimes I just wish that, yeah, you know, it's not going to change overnight because these are like, you know, solid you know set in stone like attitudes from people yeah um I just hope one I just hope one I just hope one day that you know we're treated like a little bit bit more equal you know it's like I sometimes I get I get a bit of rubbish for like doing stuff on sports I work for the dragons now and um you know there's a couple people thinking like oh well you know it's all right to say something because I'm a woman but you wouldn't say that to a man you know it's just yeah there really but I I don't know how to change that it's about unfortunately having thick skin and um trying not to let it get to you you know just be kind don't say anything that you wouldn't say to your your daughters or your mothers or you know your aunts that type of thing or your sisters so 
yeah who knows but yeah I guess there needs to be a little bit more support within sport broadcasting but um it's just not it's not going to happen overnight there's there's so much that needs to be done but yeah. having these podcasts having people to to speak to having mentors you know that that's the perfect start yeah it'll help yeah yeah, I agree. Like we've mm. we've definitely come a long way, haven't we? In not just sport broadcasting, yeah. in, like in in media in general. But I think there is definitely, definitely a long way to go still, because like you said, on social media, the evidence is there that we're still not treated equal. Because every week there is some sort of new comments or new sort of story, isn't there? Of of some woman being the victim yeah. of of abuse. So yeah, we've definitely got a long way yeah. to go. I think. I kind of feel as well that if um if you've got an opinion that someone doesn't like if you're a woman people will like come down on you like big time if a man had a bad opinion that you didn't like they'd just be like they'd they'd sort of challenge you on it but they wouldn't be nasty yeah yeah do you know what I mean they wouldn't be like well you don't know anything you know no it's like and I actually I um, I said something about um a dance player Rob Cross and maybe it was a little bit um and then it was an unpopular opinion but it was my opinion but because I was a woman in sports or in in darts I suppose people were like you know they 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 didn't challenge me on it they didn't say oh no I think this they were like you're an idiot go you know it was just ridiculous because I said that I know um yeah and and I just feel like when you're a woman you you it comes down on you big time yeah. you know as opposed to when you're a man it's like look I'll have a conversation with you about it like a decent fair conversation you don't have to like totally like trash me exactly, you know yeah. yeah so yeah but they can hide through a screen yeah. so I suppose they feel powerful exactly, or something exactly. and they I'm yeah. I feel quite you know I'm a bit I feel like I'm quite robust in that sense like if someone says to me I'm like whatever um but saying that I don't think I would be if I was like Sonia the other week for example like it was just horrendous like I just my heart went out to her because there's a couple of things that I you know not not loads of things maybe that one thing that I saw with the darts right and that really hurt me that was what that was one uh that was one egg profile picture like she was getting it from like her peers she was getting it from like so many people and I was thinking this like how this woman is gonna be feeling I'm not surprised if she's in a you know when she was she was in a car and she she had she was devastated she's broken down you know and I just think oh I just my heart went out to her honestly and I thought jeez and people attacking them it's just like horrendous you know sort of feckers now and yeah you shouldn't have to deal with stuff like that just for doing your job. Yeah, just for doing something you love. Yeah, yeah. Nicely right. Nicely right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, do you so. have any <laughs> advice for people starting out the industry, or if, if they want to become broadcasters? Um. Hmm. Yes, I would say um, you need to like in that nowadays there's so many different ways to get into um to get into radio or broadcasting like I would say like if I was sort of you girls I think you're doing the perfect thing you've created an opportunity for yourselves you've put yourselves on a platform a podcasting platform um and and you make you're making shit happen you know you're doing it um whether it's really really small to start off with whether it gets really really big but you've you've created that opportunity and you're making yourself heard which is awesome um I think you know obviously know your worth as well but do these little things for free you know go down to you know if it's a sporting thing get on the PR press list and go down and use everyone's got the luxury of having their own social media platform and start on there um you know you don't have to be associated sometimes you have to be associated with it with with a business or an or an outlet or whatever but generally not like I remember like messaging um uh the PDC and saying to them I'm with no one I'm just going to do interviews for my Twitter like just my personal Polly James Twitter um and I said can I come down and he was like yeah okay I'll give you a press pass you know and you know ask if you can get interviews and and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's just 
about being a little bit ballsy and not thinking that everyone's really untouchable just go out there and and create these opportunities because um they are they are there stay true to yourself stand up for yourself um it's really important that women um encouraging each other keep supporting each other less less let's have our backs like do you know what i mean and um you know if we see inequality let's challenge it when when we can um i think you know if you doing it all the time and you're just like this staunch advocate and then you know I hold my hands up to these people but you know I think there's sometimes where you know um there's a right time to use your voice as well you know yeah yeah, yeah definitely but, um no I think, I think what you're able to do is is brilliant and you know um learn your craft as well and um look you know you know um latch on to a to a mentor and you know pe- people are out there people will help you know you want to like give back to the the new generation coming up and you know back in the day like I, I said it before on like another podcast actually like you know obviously I used to like work for free and do loads of things and then like the Jed Z generation you know the generation yeah. Z kids are coming like the students and stuff like you guys and it's like you're questioning everything and that's the way it should be like why why should I have to work for free you know why should you know and stuff like that why why shouldn't there be a woman on that that sporting panel yeah yeah why why shouldn't I be allowed to be on that panel because I'm not an ex-athlete and stuff like that you know um so yeah it's just about questioning everything and you know being being polite um having a worthy case to back your argument (laughs) that type of thing but uh, but also you know as well like never and I said this before like never lose sight of you know what it's like to be a fan in sport especially if you're going to be working in sport as well because if if you don't have that everything just becomes unenjoyable yeah yeah um yeah keep enjoying the sport you know this is why you do it because you love the sport you love the competition behind it so you know keep that in your back pocket as well always what would you say now are your goals for the rest of this year okay um yeah so my goals for this year, I think I would say, obviously, you know, um, hopefully going to be back on Radio X uh, more than what I'm doing now, which would be great. Obviously, that just comes with coming out of maternity leave and me feeling comfortable leaving my daughter and trying to juggle motherhood and working as well, which which is pretty hard, but it's something that I really want to strive to do. Um, and just as well, I mean, like, we're fighting against this bloody lockdown and COVID, aren't we? Yeah. I can't wait to start doing more Q&As again. You know, that's something that I get a real buzz off and doing live events. Um, I do a lot of hospitality work for the FAW, which I love doing as well, because obviously the, the fans are super passionate at the football. Um, the Welsh uh, the Welsh girls as well, the Welsh football team, um, the women's Welsh football team, I do the stadium announcing for that. So hopefully I can get back on the field for that. Um, and it's just about just about enjoying it obviously now that I've got a family um it's really cliche to say but you know your perspectives change and it's about me feeling comfortable that you know leaving Indy when I have to but feeling okay doing that mm-hmm. um obviously she comes first now daughter and you know hopefully if I can get a happy medium between being a mum and and doing work and enjoying what I'm doing then that's perfect awesome yeah brilliant <laughs> we're coming to the end of our podcast we normally ask our guests three questions um two of them are just a bit random um just to get to know you a bit better really so the first question we've chosen to ask you is if you could have one superpower what would it be and why uh invisible i think yeah. oh my god because everyone's like dream to maybe just like go into someone's situation and just hear what they're talking about I don't know maybe that's just me um yeah maybe just be invisible or maybe just have like the ability to like just like click your finger and then go to a place where you want to be like I don't know backstage yeah, cool. or something I don't know yeah. um yeah something like that maybe awesome. yeah cool so the second question is if you could interview anyone in the world who would it be oh gosh I mean I I feel really lucky, as I said, like super privileged that I've managed to sit down with with Tyson before and AJ, you know, in terms of and the dance players that I really look up to. I think music wise, gosh, I'd love to sit down with like some of the classic bands like that would just be awesome. Someone who's had like really good stories, um, you know, like any of the, the 
guys from the Rolling Stones. Ronnie Wood actually is one of like my favorite musicians. He's also an artist and like painting artist. Um, and I own a couple of his paintings for another day, but um, I'd love to, I'd love to talk to him. I mean, he's had a very fruitful life, you know, within, within music and um, his personal life as well. You know, you just <laughs> yeah. want to delve into it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe like a real cool old rock star and just sort of go through the years, the decades of their lives and just, uh, yeah. I'm sure they'd have a lot of insight and a lot of advice and how to live your life, you know. I bet they they would have had a um a crazy life. <laughs> and I love I love just like to be honest, I love just like listening. This sounds really bad. I love just like listening to old people and like just you know what they used to do and how they feel about life now. Yeah, and, you know, I yeah 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 because it's changed so much, hasn't it? You know, and it's like I feel like they've got really wise words, yeah. you know. And I just think I just away feeling like okay, I could adapt. I could adapt my way to what they're saying a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our final question is: What is your favorite quote and why? Get stuck in, but don't leave no mess. So you can take that how you want, but it's like get stuck in to something, whatever in life, whatever that may be. By when I say don't leave no mess, it just means just be friendly. Um, don't go in there like Tasmanian devil and just go in there, what you've got to do, but get stuck in and, you know, be nice, be kind. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. I don't know. I kind of like that one. Yeah, it definitely makes sense brilliant <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us we really appreciate it it's been lovely to hear your insight into you know, all the different experiences you've had throughout your career good one I've got there's a couple of um bows on my string I think so um yeah it's weird I don't know um, <laughs> but I'm glad that you've helpful because sometimes I think oh it is a, it is all a bit nuts and I sometimes don't know whether I give like good advice or whatever but if it helps then that's awesome no, so definitely and because you've had your hands in a lot of pots so to say um it's kind of like it gives you more of a broad experience and more like different topics to talk about then so this is really interesting so thank you Thank you so much for listening to episode 12 of She Has a Goal in Mind. If you did enjoy the episode, please don't forget to like and subscribe for more episodes each week and also leave a review and follow us on social media at A Goal in Mind Podcast for updates.